Before we start today's program, I just want to remind you to, uh, if you would be so kind, to click like and subscribe to our uh, podcast, if you would, wherever you happen to listen to this podcast. Clicking likes helps us a lot to grow our audience. I also want to remind you about uh, being able to support the program and uh, get some special features as a result of that. You become a, a patron of the program, and the way you do that is by visiting patreon.com slash what's the score. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. We really would appreciate your support and hope that you'll consider it. It's not very expensive, and you do get some extras. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. Today's program made possible by patrons like you. Welcome to where we celebrate music from the movies. From the golden age to present day, we've got it all covered. We talk to those in the entertainment industry and find out about their favorite scores. You found the podcast, What's the Score? I'm your host, Frank R. Wilson. So sit back, relax, grab a popcorn, and let's see what we'll be hearing today. Recognize that music? It's a favorite from our guest today. She's a film composer with numerous nominations and awards to her name. She's written for film and TV as well as concert works and has received acclaim from critics and fans alike. So please join me in welcoming Sharon Farber to the program. Hi, Sharon. Hello. Uh, very, very nice uh, being here, Frank, and thank you for having me. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm delighted and uh, and very impressed with your uh, with your resume, which I'm sure we'll be going through as we progress through the fr- uh, program. Um, as most people that listen to my program know, I always like to find out a little bit about the individual first, separate from the music part. And uh, and I think you you, know, you probably have an interesting personal story, so. If you can kind of keep the music part, of, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and growing up and uh, family and, you know, those sorts of things that kind of give us a sense of who you are as a person. Absolutely. Although I do believe that, um, you know, the music that you write is part of your whole being. And True. the way you've been raised and, and taught and educated is also part of who you become. Therefore, the music that one writes... Uh, many times would reflect that. Um, I'm originally from Israel, and I grew up um, in uh, in kind of a, not artistic, but my mom was a ballerina, and my dad played piano for 10 years, and my grandparents on my mom's side uh, were both amateur musicians, although my, my granddaddy was 
really a remarkable musician. He played guitar, he composed, he danced, he spoke seven languages. Oh, my. Um, my uncle is a very big um, songwriter, one of Israel's best songwriters ever, very, very well known. Um, so, you know, it's, um, it was kind of, um, well, I wouldn't say it was natural, uh, because I started piano, um, taking piano lessons when I was seven, along with my sister, Renat, who was uh, nine at the time. And after about, um, two years, my sister decided that she didn't want to do it anymore. And my very smart mom said, well, you know, Sharon, you are nine years old now and you're a big girl and you need to make your own decisions in the matter. Do you <laughs> want to continue? And I said, yes, I liked piano and I want to continue. Um, and uh, later on also with, you know, very gentle um, support from my mom, I also went to an art high school uh, in Israel. So it's, it's just, you know, kind of... Uh, led me um, to want to have career in music. I worked when, you know, in Israel, you have to go, you're drafted to the army for two years. Right. It's just every, it's just part of, of, you know, being an Israeli. Right. After after that, I was teaching privately and I was uh, also teaching uh, Yamaha system and I was doing some music for theater, but, at one point, I felt that I really needed to to spread my wings, and uh, Berkeley College of Music came to Israel to do a, their scholarship scholarship tour, and I auditioned and I got a scholarship. Oh and, wow! And yeah, and I said, okay, you know, I can I will go to Berkeley for one year, and do a diploma in film music. But when I got there, it was just like the world opened up for me. And uh, so very quickly, I moved into a degree and um, and very quickly also, I moved into dual major and I graduated with dual major in film music and concert composition, which is what I do today. So, wow. you know, I just like um, one thing led to another. Um, and when I finished Berkeley, when I completed my studies, um, I won the um, Academy of TV Arts and Sciences, or as in short, the TV Academy Internship in Music. So I moved with my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, to Los Angeles, <laughs> you know, saying, okay, you know, I have a year. Yeah. Um, we'll see. So uh, at the uh, internship, I worked for two months with Jonathan Wolf, who was um, scoring Seinfeld at the time. And with Alf Klassen, who was uh, scoring The Simpsons, so I got to to huh. to to, shoot, to see, you know, Alf was totally orchestral. Jonathan was totally just MIDI and and computer. So it was good for me um, to see both. And uh, at the end of the internship, Jonathan asked me who I wanted to meet in the industry, and I said Shirley Walker, because Shirley was the uh, premier. Uh, pioneer for women composers. When I started, there were like five of us, I think. Huh. And um, Shirley um, took me under her wings. And um, I started like I was two months in town. 
and I started orchestrating for her and, you know, having my orchestration and then and later on additional music, you know, for Superman and Batman, the uh, animated TV show for Warner Brothers. And it was amazing because we would record every week at another studio, sometimes at Sony, sometimes Warner Brothers, sometimes. Wow. At, you know, I, I mean, it was just like, wow, I, I, I've been here for two months and, and this is Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. I bet. Pardon me for a moment because I am curious. Sure. I, I'm, I'm asking as a parent, and which, well, I mean, this is, it's not even a current issue. It's just something that maybe in the past. Did you feel... Now, in retrospect, are you are you glad that your parents? Well, I don't know. Well, you'll have to tell me. Did they kind of you know encourage you or push you to continue with the piano, whereas they you know they they were okay with your sister stopping it? I've always had kind of like a how do I say this? I, I never wanted to push my kids into doing anything. I, I'm a big golfer. I wanted my daughter to learn golf in the worst way, and she did take lessons, but you know she just didn't take to it. So okay, so I just kind of pushed back. What are your thoughts on that? Are you glad that that you were, and I don't know if you were pushed or encouraged, but are are you glad about that? And what would you say to other parents? Um, There's a way to do it. Um, My dad was more like, go practice. But my mom would say, Sharon, you play so beautifully. Do you mind playing this for me? Oh, it's so nice. Could you play it again? (laughs) So she did it in such a wonderful way. Uh, You know, when... When it was time for high school, all of my friends went to the school next to our house. And I was like, that's where I want to go. I want to be with my friends. And she said, you know, why don't we just go? And there's an open house in this best school in Israel. Yes, we have to take a bus and it's, you know, but let's, you know, or drive there. You know, I didn't have my driving license there. And she said, let's just try that and see if you like it. So we went there. It was a very spring, very beautiful spring day. And the first thing I I saw there uh, were kids outside sitting in the sun and drawing. This is like the art section of the school. Well, okay. the, you know, music playing around. And then we wanted this to this, you know, it looked like a barn. <laughs> and we went yeah. inside and there were 80 kids singing Bach chorales. And it was the most heavenly thing I've ever heard in my life. Wow. And I told my mom, I want to go there. And yeah, it was, you know, it was taking a bus and then walking for 20 minutes and then walking back. And But it was, um, it was the best, probably one of the best decisions that I've done because when I came to Berkeley, I was able to do dual majors, dual major in uh, six semesters in three years because I had so much knowledge when I came to Berkeley. I tested out tons of stuff. Wow. Um, and, you know, six semesters for dual major instead of, you know, 10. I mean, I, I saved, you know, at least two years, if not more. So. What a great story. I mean, I, I can't even envision, I mean, I, I, I briefly mentioned my daughter. She actually uh, sings in choirs and was very accomplished in that. So she, I mean, she has a, a, and my wife also very strong in music. 
I can't even imagine them coming across anybody singing Bach. Oh. I, 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 these days, I just can't. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid we're losing that. Well, I, I mean, is, does that make sense what I'm saying? That, that you know, yeah, I don't absolutely. know if kids are exposed to that. But, you know, it depends. Um, you know, I have an 11 years old who is a remarkable singer. Remarkable. I can send you something. I mean, she just opened up uh, sports and events at the Angel Stadium in front of 45,000 people. I saw that. You posted that. I saw I that. I did. And so you you heard her. Oh, she's yeah. amazing. But, you know, uh, she's been singing with the uh, National Children Chorus, which is a very professional, very well organized and very um, uh, high quality since she was five years old. Um, and this is it's a commitment. It's every Sunday and they have other classes that she needs to take. But it's wonderful. They sing quality music. In fact, they uh, commissioned a piece from me a few years ago called Children of Light that I wrote not only the music, but also the libretto. And they are going to record it at Air Studios and Abbey Road in London this summer. Oh, wow. So I'm, and now my daughter is in the group that sings it. So she's, she's singing her mom's music, which is very cool. Um, but, you know, it's not easy. I'm teaching her piano and it's not always easy because kids don't want to practice. <laughs> I'm trying especially to... especially when their mom is telling them exactly, the practice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's much harder when and I'm and I said to her, why don't I bring you a teacher? No, I want you, I want you, I want you. Oh, ah, okay. So um but it's not always easy. Um I'm sure, I'm sure. And I, yeah, and it's hard for me because I'm so busy that I don't always have the time to give her a lesson, you know. But right. Well, let me, and again, let me, inter I, again, my apologies to interrupt because okay. I, I love all this stuff, but this program is about film music. And so I'd like to kind of dive into that a little bit. Sure. Um, one of the cues that you chose that is your favorite uh, is from uh, the maestro John Williams. It's called Angela's Ashes. Could you tell us a little bit about why it is that you uh, liked that particular cue and chose it amongst your favorites? Sure. Um this is one of uh, John's, uh, you know, less no uh, less noted or less famous uh, films or film scores, but it's a beautiful story that takes place in Ireland. I read a book, and then when they, you know, made the film, I was like, I have to see it. And the music is just so hunting and perfect for the story. The melody there is da 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 da. It, it's just so nice. It, it's just so beautiful and it's so moving for me. And then there's the part that he brings in the strings and it's like, oh my God, what a genius. Mm -hmm. um, so beautiful. So this is one of the reasons I chose this, uh, especially because, you know, everybody knows Star Wars, you know, or Superman. Oh, yeah. Like that. Um, but I wanted to bring, you know, uh, something else from, from John Williams. Um, and well, I'm glad you did, and 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 the the name of the film is uh, Angela's Ashes. Oh, the the film is called Angela's yeah. Ashes, as is the cue. Okay, well, let's have a listen for ourselves. Uh, again, this is written by the maestro John Williams, and the cue is called, and it's from the film Ash. Uh, excuse me, uh, Angela's Ashes. Yeah. 
I, I'm, you know, I'm curious, and I've, my listeners will know I've asked this a lot. Of course, now I'm getting to the age where I'm older than all the people I interview. But um, I, why did you, what was it that, that compelled you to take an interest in writing for film and television? I mean, it seems to me, I, I don't know why any young people would, they would gravitate towards, you know, playing in a band or writing pop music and those sorts of things. What was it about film music that intrigued you? Um, you know, I grew up on classical music. Um, so on the one hand, I grew up on classical music. On the other hand, when you're in Israel, there's so many influences because, you know, people from all over the, the world are there. And I met someone, it, was, it wasn't like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, when I was five, I heard Star Wars and I wanted to be, you know, a film composer. It wasn't like that for me. Right. Um, I met someone um, who introduced me to film music. And once that happened, I was hooked, you know, all of a sudden, this new world of music uh, opened up for me. Um, you know, the other thing was, you know, in, in classical music, um, many times in the uh, in the universities and colleges, if you write classical music, when you write classical music, although I think it's getting better today, there was a time that it was all very um, brainy. There was no emotion. It's all about the technique and being weird and being original and being and doing more and more stuff that people cannot relate to. And for me, writing music that is melodic and harmonic and creates different moods that I can influence with my music, someone, you know, that sits in the audience and moved him, her, or they, whatever, to to tears sometimes make them feel that's something that really intrigued me and it intrigues me you know until today and i wanted to be able to write beautiful music without being treated as oh she's it's it's too romantic it's too beautiful it's too yeah. you know all kinds of things that uh tend to happen in in top schools um which is the reason I, I chose to go to Berkeley and not Juilliard, for example. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to learn the rules so I can get out of the rules, to be free, to do what I believe in. And, yeah. um, and, and that's, that's the reason. And, you know, also in concert music, I, I, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, many years ago, there was a Jewish um, journalist who was kidnapped and, murder, and murdered in Afghanistan. And his parents, uh, his late mom and his dad are good friends of mine, especially his dad. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And when that happened, I didn't know what to do. You know, I, how do you tell someone, you know? Yeah. So I wrote, I wrote an, a cappella piece, only for singers, based on a Hebrew poem that I really loved. And I recorded it with a bunch of friends, and I sent it to Judea, his, his dad, as a gift. Oh, my God. He me, and he said he listened to it 13 times, one after the other, and it gave him so much comfort. 
And then, oh, then it was picked up by the Los Angeles Master Choral and sung, you know, at the Georgie Chandler Pavilion in front of 3,500 people with, you know, 120 singers. Um, and when the piece was over, there was this silence for like 20, 30 seconds because it was <laughs> so deep. Moving, yeah. So moving. And that's when I really understood the huge power that music has. And shortly after, I went to um, a composer salon and there was this trombone player playing with a Japanese koto. And there was all improvisation, very, very coming from the brain and not from the heart. And I couldn't connect to it, but people clapped and I felt maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe my music is too moving, too, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but then yeah. I, met, I met the executive uh, uh, director of the Los Angeles Master Crawl, and he came to me and said, I just wanted to tell you how much you moved me with your music. And I said, well, I, I feel weird, you know, being here because, you know, it looks like this is what people are doing today, and, and my music is different. And he said, you know, Sharon, just do what your heart tells you to do. Yeah. Always trust your heart. He said, the people who enjoy this kind of music will enjoy this kind of music. And the people who enjoy your music will enjoy your music. It's a matter of taste. You go with your heart. And it was the best advice I've ever gotten. And that's what I'm doing for, since then. I bet. Yeah. God, what a cheapers. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, it. Yeah. I almost got moved to tears thinking about it. I mean, it, it just for for you to do something like that for a friend. I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. Wow. I'll tell you another thing. I'll tell you another thing. It was when I just got to town, so I didn't have money, and I was like, "How can I pay for for the uh, for the um, studio? How can I do that?" You know. And I said, "You know what? It doesn't matter. This person, my friend, just went through such a traumatic thing. I it will be okay." You know. I recorded on Sunday. On Saturday, I got my first check from ASCAP covering exactly the amount that I needed. Exactly. And I was like, wow, there's, there's someone over there watching over us. I and love I that. I love those kind of stories. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, go, going back to a, a cues you wanted to highlight today. You've got a couple from uh, from one film, which, by the way, was actually, if I recall correctly, was filmed in my neighborhood in uh, New Orleans, uh, in Louisiana. Uh, uh, this is uh, from a film called Interview with a Vampire. The cue you chose was Born to Darkness. Can you tell us a little bit about why you wanted to choose that? It's written by composer Elliot Goldenthal. By the right, way. right. Um, this whole CD, this whole score is genius. Um, there's something about such longing and yearning in this music that just, I don't know, when I heard it, I was like, oh my God, this is so deep. It goes, da 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 and then it goes to this you know, next harmony. Da, 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 da. Oh, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> so, um, just for me, it went straight to my heart. I think Elliot Goldenthal is a really uh, remarkable composer. Everything he does, um, and uh, and the orchestration is is so 
perfect um that this is something that you know i loved from from i mean there's so many so many um film scores that i love but this is one of my of my uh favorites yeah no i and i can understand that and i and i, I love your passion in talking about it let's Let's uh, let's hear it for ourselves. Again, this is from the film Interview with a Vampire. The cue is called Born to Darkness, and it's written by composer Elliot Goldenthal. I have a feeling I know maybe the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Who, um, uh, amongst those that are film composers, both past and present, are there some that have been big influencers for you? You know, um, 
I think that John Williams is just uh, the master of, of all. Um, take something like Harry Potter. <laughs> it's, it's really, I mean, you can't stop singing the melodies. It's, it's gets stuck in you. I mean, it's, it's, um, his orchestration is, is genius. Absolutely genius. How he brings the colors of the orchestra together. Um, so I would say John is, is definitely someone who I um, look up to. Um, James Newton Howard, uh, especially, you know, The Sixth Sense, for example, is one of my favorite. Um, uh, Danny Elfman um, okay. is also wonderful. Um, Edward Scissorhand, Scissorhand is, is a beautiful, beautiful uh, score. There, there are so many. Uh, Ennio Morricone, of course, I mean, Cinema Paradiso. Oh, my uh, gosh, yeah. I mean, there, there are so many, and there are current, current uh, wonderful composers. Hilder, uh, who won the Oscar two years ago for Joker, for example, is, is just a, a remarkable uh, musician and composer, very unique, very... There, there's really a lot of, of um, wonderful composers out there, and there's new generation, and um, I think for me... It's always to grow, always to learn more, always to grow, to become better, to 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 open my mind to other films. You know, right now I'm scoring a TV series, which um, is pretty much different from what I do usually. Um, it's uh, a lot of sound design in it, uh -huh. and um, so I feel like I'm instead of saying, "Oh, this is." you know, not my comfort zone. I'm saying, oh, wow, what an opportunity for me to to brighten my horizons, my musical horizons and create something that I don't have uh, yet. So, you know, everything is, is, uh, is uh, an opportunity to learn and, and to be different, uh, to, to do different things that you haven't done till now. Uh, yes, I love scoring. I, I would, you know, I love having an orchestra and, you know, there's nothing like that. It's just amazing. But um, it's also good to try some other stuff as well. Yeah, in fact, I, you, you've anticipated a question I'll ask probably here in just a little bit as well. Maybe I, I, I'm curious that because you're in a unique position and I've I've seen like, I want to say two films I've seen without music added, you know, before the composer gets involved. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how flat and dull that those films are before That's music right. is added. I mean, it, it, don't you find that amazing? I mean, how, how you can, I mean, you alone help to transform the film into something entirely different. Absolutely. Music is like a, a third character. It's an integral part of the film. I think there are two films in history that, uh, use no music. One of them is, uh, I think, uh, The Birds by Hitchcock. Oh, huh, okay. Um, remember the other one, but it's very, very rare because music works on the subconscious of the viewer. When someone goes to the cinema or watches a movie at home or a TV series, they don't really um, uh, pay attention to where music comes in, where music comes out. If they do, it's probably because the music is either too good or too bad for the film. But uh, if it's good, uh, if it's done right, it's seamless. 
you don't even feel when music comes in, when music comes out. It's just, this is why it's called the art of film music. It's not just, you know, it's just, it's not like writing a song, although writing a song is an amazing art in itself. You know, the right song can really um, move you to tears, make you happy, make you sad, maybe, you know, whatever, like music. But a song is usually three to four minutes. Score uh, can be between 30 minutes to an hour and a half. I mean, you know, some, some, especially the big Marvel's, uh, Marvel movies are like from basically wall-to-wall music. And that's what makes the film so exciting because... Okay, now, 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 I want to I ask you about that. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm violating one of my rules. I was going to move mm-hmm. along, but now you've brought... You've, in, in, you've inspired me a little bit. Um, is... Are, are there films that use too much music? Wall-to-wall music? Is that really necessary? I'm just curious about your thoughts on that. Uh, it's a good question. Um, yes, sometimes there's too much music. Sometimes there's not enough music. Um, <laughs> it's usually, you know, if it's a studio, there's so many people who make the decision. It's not only the director, it's the producers and the executive producers. Uh, uh, and the studio yeah, I bet. Um, in, in smaller films, you work with the director and it's it's um, basically mutual um, conversation of what we call spotty notes. So before I start writing, I get the film or the TV series or whatever, and I spot it with the composer, with the uh, director. So right. we sit down and we say, okay, this is where music comes in. This is where music comes out. Um, this is um, the... the um, uh, mood that is needed in in this scene or that uh, scene. Um, so and then I start writing and and then the conversation continues. So let's say I just wrote the first scene and I sent it back to the director. They can say I love it; it's perfect. They can say um, that's not the direction I want, or they can say right. I love it, but I have a few comments. Um, which is usually what happens, especially if the director, which is almost always happening, uh, uses what we call temp track. Temp track is temporary music that the, that the uh, director or the editor put in the uh, movie so that the uh, composer can listen to their intention. Right. Yeah. They use music from another film or something. Yeah, and then, exactly. Right. Sometimes yeah. it's very helpful. Sometimes it's very distracting. <laughs> but, uh, it is. It is a tool to help the uh, the composer do her work or you know their work. Uh, the only problem with that is sometimes a film could take years, a few years even, and the director uh, we call it gets married to the track. So uh, they are so used to listen to certain music, it's hard for them to have something original um, come in instead. Uh, okay, yeah. But we, we, you know, it's it's a process. It's a process. and um, Well, and I realize it's also collaborative and that sometimes, yeah. you know, the yeah. It, 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 you're at the behest of the 
director, if he says, look, I want wall to wall music, then it's not like you're going to say no. I mean, so I mean, I understand that, but, but I just, I find sometimes it's distracting. I, I actually like it. It's a, it's a bias on my part. I will admit that. I, I think it makes more impact when it's really, you know, selective and and when it's chosen but anyway that's that's a discussion for another day well take a a film like cast away if you remember Uh, oh yeah ellen silvestri uh who i also love wrote the music and for the first i think more than half of the music of the movie there's no there's no music while tom hanks is you know navigating his new life on a I never thought about that, but I think, but you're right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's one part when music comes in and all of a sudden it's like, wow. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Very (laughs) impactful. Music is, is so important in, in any film. It's just, you can take a really bad scene with, you know, uh, a couple that needs to to be romantic and kiss, and you see that there's absolutely no chemistry between the actors, and all of a sudden music comes, and wow, they're in love. <laughs> you know? I understand. You're right. You're right. Let's um, let's play another cue you were interested in, and and again we return to the same film that we just uh, highlighted a little while ago, uh, Interview with a Vampire. Uh, this cue, I'm, I'm going to make sure I say it right. Let's see. Lestat's Tarantella. I think the name of the- yes, I think that's a way to to say it. This is okay. a from the movie when one of the corpse, I think, is dancing. If I remember correctly, or you know, the main character is dancing with with like this uh, broom, and then with a corpse. It's oh, yes, it's with a corpse, and it's it's. I think he just you know is a vampire, so he just killed her, and he's like taking the body and he's is dancing with with the body. And this really weird, chaotic, chaotic music that is like there's some, it's like a was dun dun dun. And there's this this uh, he uses harpsichord, which is always associated with with vampires. Um, it it just it's just so good. All right, let's let's uh, let's hear it for ourselves again. This is from yeah. the film Interview with a Vampire, and it's written by composer Elliot Goldenthal. We'll get back to our program in a minute. This program is done for the love of film and film music, plain and simple. However, it does take a huge investment in time and in fees for me to make the program work for you. I don't sell commercial time and don't really want to on this program. Rather, I'm kind of like a, a public broadcasting station. I need support from listeners like you. For as little as $3 a month, you can help me uh, uh, offset the 
time spent in putting the program together. Or maybe you just think of it as leaving a tip in the tip jar. Either way, if you can join up, there will be bonuses, like an additional 10 to 15 minute segment with our guest every week, where we'll play additional cues as well as ask us some extra questions. And it's going to be only available to patrons. How do you sign up? Well, it's simple. You go to patreon.com slash what's the score, and that's all one word. That's Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash what's the score. Check it out. We'd be grateful for your support. That's patreon.com. I'm curious again, given given my age, which I'm not going to declare on the air, but I've I've been around a while. I, I know that you know composers used to work with a movieola, with actual film, and then have a piano, and then they would do mock-ups on a piano for the comp- uh, director to hear. But I know these days it's entirely different. Yeah, you can't how important are computer skills to the modern day composer? Oh, you can't be a composer today without it. It's it just you can't. Wow, it, really? Yeah. You cannot, you cannot. Um, you can be a songwriter like Diane Warren, uh, my dear, dear friend, Diane Warren, who's an Oscar winner and now nominated for 14 Oscar. Um, wow. She writes, you know, um, just with guitar or piano. Um, and she's a master, you know, everybody sings Diane Warren from Celine Dion to, to Lady Gaga and uh, Cher and uh, who, who, what have you. But in film music, you, today you are expected to give a full mock-up um, to the um, to the director. Um, it, it just this is the way it is. But I must say, you know, um, some older people are uh, maybe afraid of that. Um, but it's really, if you know how to do it, it's really a great tool, a great tool because most directors are not musicians it's hard for them to imagine oh you know what this is the theme uh, we're gonna have oboes here and strings here oh can you hear the timpani it's coming with a bass drum they no they, <laughs> cannot. they cannot you know even when i write a piece sometimes uh if i if i do it on a notation program uh, and not on the sequencing program it's going to sound pretty bad and i played to my husband he's like I don't know. And then he hears it live and it's like, oh my God, it's so great. So, you know, but I'm a, I'm used to it. So I can hear it in my mind, but most people don't. And- I don't, I, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there, and my listeners will know, I reference this several times. There's a piece of film where uh, John Williams is sitting down with Steven Spielberg and he says, okay, well, here's what I've come up with as the theme for Jaws. And he goes on the piano and he plays dun 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 and and spielberg goes what that's it <laughs> but i mean but you know it loses something in the translation which is what you're talking about you know right. it's like 
yeah, John yeah. Williams could hear it, but but Spielberg couldn't. So exactly. Was... So you 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 know you got to give them what you know what they need, and you need to be uh, fluent in the language of the computer. You need to be um, having the right sound, the right the right you know um, sampled, yeah. and if you want to work in orchestra work orchestrally you also need to know the orchestra because you have to work with a computer like it's an orchestra so if i have you know maybe a um and a clarinet line let's say i have a clarinet line you know you a clarinet player cannot play a five minutes piece they need to breathe you know but if yeah. you're not aware or you not haven't worked with live musicians you forget so you just you know it's it's constantly playing or you know they might not start like maybe the the um phrase is like da 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 da, da, da something like that uh-huh. so you can just you have to draw the volume in you have to let them breathe, let them play, <laughs> you know, the whole thing. Yeah. I put a lot of time in making my um, mock-ups, you know, good to a point that I can present it, even if it's not totally mixed, because there's no point in mixing before I get the approval, but it has to sound good. It just yeah. has to sound yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's um, let's listen to another cue that you had chosen. It happens to be one that was uh, written by you, and it's from a, a recent film called uh, Brainwash. No, uh, uh, t- tell me what it is that you like about this cue and in, in, uh... in Brainwash. Yeah, so, and why we want to do a, why we want to do include that one. Yes, you, is there something special or unique about it? Well, Brainwashed is uh, my recent film score that I'm very very proud of. It uh, investigates the language of cinematic shot design and how uh, camera angle, lighting, and, uh, you know, elements of filmmaking uh, when shooting women uh, leads to sexualization and uh, employment equality and even rape culture that we have today. As a woman, it was very important for me to, to score this film. I had a full orchestra, which doesn't always happen. And yeah. I'm now nominated for the Society of Composers and Lyricists Award for Best Original Score for Independent Film on this on this film. The film is very dark um, and um, very influenced by Bernard Herrmann that scored most of um, Hitchcock's film. Wow, I'm impressed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of... Uh, it's very mysterious. It's very... Um, secretive uh it's and it gets to be as the story unfolds it gets to be very dark very dark very muddy uh which i used you know um low brass along with low strings it's you know the beginning is more you you hear it it's more um cycly because it's all you know all these these cycles that we, we live in the cycles of the industry that never change you know or they try. I mean, we just had a Golden Globe Awards yesterday. Not right. even one director was nominated. Uh, women director was nominated. Not even one. And in music, we, 
female composers are about 5% of the industry. So think about it, 95% are, are male and 5% are women. So we're trying to change this. And as a woman, this, this film, you know, I have a, a daughter who's, who's growing up. I want to protect her, especially as she's probably going to be, you know, on huge stage, stages and in films. And so this film is extremely important. It needs to be learned and taught in every film score, in, I'm sorry, film school, so that the next generation of directors can make the right decisions of how to portray women. So this, this music, as I said, I recorded in Bulgaria with full orchestra remotely, which is very interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm very proud of this, um, you know, this, this score and, um, and what it does to the film, because it really brings about the heaviness of the subject um, that we are uh, facing. Wow. I mean, you've, you certainly sold me on it and I, I can't, I can't, I can't even begin to imagine how, how in some ways it must've been very difficult and challenging to work on a project like that. That's so emotionally charged. Extremely. And, extremely. There were yeah. some scenes there. Uh, Nina Menkes, the, the brilliant director, she brings about 190 film clips from other films to prove her point. And after you see that, it's like you can't, you just can't ignore it. You can't unsee it, yeah. Yeah, you can't unsee it. And some of the scenes are so vulgar and so, you know, demeaning for women. You know, some of the best films that won Cannes and, and things like that where women basically either had to drink you know, alcohol in order to be naked for five hours on set to do these scenes, or they were told if you don't do that, you're out and you're never going to be working in this town again, like yeah. a lot of women. So Jesus. this needs to be addressed and needs to be, um, you know, um, taught. And unfortunately, because of uh, an administrative mistake, we weren't able to submit a score for the Oscar. Um, you know, it happens, you know, it, I'm, I'm happy to, to know that it didn't only happen to me. <laughs> it happens <laughs> to others. It happens sometimes. It's fine. But I'm very excited to be nominated along with some wonderful composers for this award. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's an well, interesting film. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's have a listen for ourselves. This again from the film Brainwashed. And it's very, uh, very proud to announce the fact that it's written by our guest, Sharon. Let's have a listen.
I must tell you, I, I, I've, I've enjoyed our chat so much. I have actually many more questions I'd like to ask you based on kind of our conversation, but we don't have time for that. And uh, so maybe that's maybe that's an excuse to have you back one day because I, I really do. I've thoroughly enjoyed our our chat. But um, why don't why don't we just go ahead and, and end with a, another composition of yours that I think you're really proud of? Uh, the the uh, let me make sure I've got this right. The film is called Exodus. Is that right? The film is called the Dove Flyer. The- oh, Dove Flyer. Excuse me. All right. And the queue is, and called, the queue is called Exodus. Okay. And I tell us to- a little bit about why you wanted to include that amongst uh, your list of favorites to yeah. share with our audience today. And this is especially for young composers. You know, as I said in the beginning, you are always influenced by where you grew up. And I grew up in Israel and very close to old Jaffa. And I could hear the Muslim Muazin call for prayer every, every night. So when this film came, it's, uh, it, it's all taking place in Iraq. And I, um, so I had to write a lot of Middle Eastern music. And it was so natural for me because I've heard this music so many times in my life, you know, and um, at one point I decided to use a, a female voice um, and I was looking for someone to sing and I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it myself. And, you know, because it's very, I'll show you a little, I'll play, not play, but I'll sing a little bit of that and it goes like, ah, you know, stuff like that. And right. the premiere, uh, my mom, my parents were there and my mom asked, who is singing? And I said, well, I am. She said, how do you know how to do that? And I said, well, you know, that's how we grew up. You know, we hear everything. And as a, as a musician, it all it enters your, your soul and your inner being. And it, it's embedded in you without even knowing that until you have the opportunity to open these drawers that are in your mind and just use them um, so easily. So, you know, I, for young composers, they always, always, always uh, build on who you are. And that's what go- what's going to make you unique because we already have Mozart, Beethoven, John Williams, and, you know, all, all, Danny Elfman. We, all, we have these people. How? What makes you, you, you know, yes, learn the masters. You need to know how they do that and how to write a really good melody and how to orchestrate in a Hollywood style, but also what makes you unique. And um, I would explore that if, if, you know, uh, I always tell that to, to composers I mentor, find out who you are. It might take a long time, but if you continue, you will find out who you are. All right. That's great. Great advice. Great, great insight on that. Let's have a listen to this. This is a, make sure I've got it right again. The The film is called Dove Flyer, correct? The, the, the Dove Flyer and the, the Dove Flyer and the, the cue is called Exodus and it's written right. by our guest today. Let's, uh, let's sit back and enjoy and listen. Thank you. Thank you. 
as I mentioned earlier, I, I can't thank you enough. I've just, I've just had a, a, a grand time talking to you and learning about your story and your thoughts on film scoring and stuff. I would, I'd love to have you back at some point if you're open to that. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Why not? You've been, uh, been, been great fun getting a chance to know you a little bit and uh, for our audience to get to know you. It's my um, how do, uh, if, if people are interested, how do they, uh, follow what's going on with your, uh, with your life and your career? If uh, do you have like a social media presence or something yeah, you want to share? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, although I need to be more present there. Uh, my website, they can, um, you know, um, um, subscri- subscribe to my website. It's Sharon without an E at the end, like Sharon, S H A R O N. Okay. Sharon Farber, S H A R O N Farber, F as in Frank, A R B as in boy, E R.com. Very good. And I, and I encourage our listeners to do that because, uh, this, this woman is, a uh, she's on to bigger and better things. You can mm-hmm. tell. She's uh, she's had some a lot of success already, and I suspect is uh, headed for a lot more. Um, it's a nice. It's a as I said, it's a journey, and in a journey, um, we must look forward, and we must look upward. There are some setbacks; it happens, but you know you can cry over something for a day or two, and then you get up and you say the sun is shining, and I am doing what I love, and that's it. it you know, I really believe in whatever you send out is what you're going to get back. So if you send out good thoughts uh, and, you know, and you do good things and you help others and you send out good energy, then that's what you're going to get in return. Oh, excellent. Excellent thoughts to end the program on. Again, my, my thanks to our guest and to all our listeners, too. And in particular, those of us, uh, those of you that are uh, patrons of the program, like to encourage you that if you if you are a patron thank you again for your support and for those of you that aren't consider it it helps us with uh, being able to maintain the program very much so there's not much more else to say other than again a thanks to our guest and that we've uh, hope you've enjoyed the podcast and the music that we've chosen today and there's only one thing left to say and that's simply this that my name's frank r wilson my time's up i thank you for yours thanks for listening to what's the score